Welcome into Shat Talk, the People's Sports Talk Podcast, with your host, Bradley Shatra. And we are back here with the Shat Talk NFL podcast. It has been a while. It really has. And today I'm not going to do this on YouTube or anything or, or, or any videos. It's going to be just listener on Spotify. I'll obviously put it up for people to go listen to. But I'm back. I mean, I you know, I've gone through some stuff, you know, not the best in between the years. I, I do struggle w- with that. And and. I'm back though. And, and, you know, today I want to get into kind of both sides. I really haven't made a podcast on the NFL all season. It, it's been a while since I've done this. So there's a lot to get into, obviously, uh, you know, both sides here. I mean, the AFC is wide open. The AFC is wide open at the moment. You think about the teams like the Bills, the Chiefs, the Ravens, the Patriots, all have really viable chances to win the AFC. And we're going to get a little bit more clarity on, on that in the coming days, but right now, I mean, the AFC is wide open. It's not like the Chiefs look like the Chiefs. I mean, it's not like the Bills have looked like the dominant force that they kind of had the expectations to be after the season they had last year. Maybe take that next step. They really haven't been able to do that yet. The Patriots have come out of nowhere with a rookie quarterback, really playing good football. Their defense is playing extremely well. The Ravens have had some questionable losses, but they have shown the incredible ability to continuously come back in games. I mean, they find themselves down two scores more than maybe any other team in football that's able to win those games, and they come out on top. It's incredible to watch Lamar lead those comebacks. They sometimes go all in and just Lamar take us home, and it works. You look at the NFC, and I think that's just as open as anything else. I mean, you look at really where that's at, And you got Tom Brady, who's now starting to come around. The Buccaneers are also starting to come around, but they went through a rough patch. The Dallas Cowboys have been in a rough patch for a while now. They were able to kind of come out of it and get back on track with a win over the Saints on Thursday night. The Rams have been a letdown from, you know, the time that they were able to get Von Miller looking like this big, intimidating team that was going to be the favorite for the NFC. And they have just not been able to, to live up to those expectations, at least here in the first couple of games with all those guys. Obviously, the trade for Odell Beckham Jr. But overall, I mean, they have not been as impressive as you would expect. And then I haven't even mentioned the Packers or the Cardinals. So really, there's five teams in the NFC that have a viable chance to win that. And it's fun. It's fun. It, there's there's no overwhelming favorite right now in either division. I mean, obviously, the Buccaneers look like they might be getting to that point for the NFC. But overall, I mean, like I'm saying, it's there, there's a lot going on here, and there's a lot of different teams that could win. But today, I wanted to start with the Dallas Cowboys because I think they've been in a fascinating kind of situation here. And this past Thursday was a gutsy win for this Cowboys team because you think about the circumstances. You think about the fact that they did not have their head coach. Maybe some people believe that to be a positive. I mean, I don't because I think it came out of nowhere and they obviously couldn't have expected that. And and coaches' roles changed with the snap of a finger. Dan Quinn, defensive coordinator, done a good job as the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, was forced to step up and be the interim head coach for one game. They were able to come out with the win, and that's really all that matters, and that's very important. And then you look at the fact that Ezekiel Elliott is 
obviously not 100% out there. He is just not. I mean, there was an, an instance the other day where he could have broken off a 20, 30-yard run, and at about 15 yards, maybe even 12, he willingly went out of bounds, and he was in he was in obvious pain. And it, that, that's just one of those things where that's tough. That's tough to overcome when your number one running back, the guy that you really heavily rely on, is obviously not healthy enough to go right now. I mean, maybe at least to go, to play, but he's not to give you the production you are used to, he is just not healthy enough to do that. And to boot, this was their third game in 12 days. That is a lot of harm to the body. That is a, a just a lot of football in a short period of time. I'm not sure I've ever really even seen a stretch where a team had to play that many games in that many days. You're usually, you usually haven't even played two games in 12 days here in the NFL. All right. Maybe that's off because it's seven. So my math is a little bit off there. Not sure what I was thinking, but either way, I mean, three games in 12 days is a lot of football and to be able to come out after losing the first two, having to have that third, I get it was a beat up Saints team. Taysom Hill was not good and they were just as in a, a tough predicament as the Cowboys were. The Cowboys had to have that game. They they had to find a way to win, and they did just that. I thought it was an impressive win for the circumstances and was happy to see them able to overcome a lot of those adversities. I mean, they've been missing their wide receivers. There hasn't been a lot of continuity with that. So Dak gets out there, tries to get something going with Amari Cooper, really wasn't able to do that consistently. C.D. Lamb seems to be back and, and just as good as he's ever been. But overall, like I said, just an important win for the Cowboys because they needed to show themselves we can get this back on track despite all of these adversities that are hitting us at once, and they were able to do that. Now, let's get back to Ezekiel Elliott because he really, really does look like he is favoring that knee injury. It's blatantly obvious that he is not the guy that we're all used to. He is really struggling to make it through that at least he was on Thursday night. Uh, there was talk about him potentially not even playing Thursday, getting some rest, but Jerry Jones ex nade that. He came out and said that Zeke would play, and he did indeed suit up and go out there. And And I respect the toughness. I really do. I mean, it's one of those things where you're going to pay a ton of money by this Cowboys team. Jerry Jones invested in him. But now that we've seen what he looks like with this injury, playing through this injury, I'm not sure a 10-day stretch, which is what they have until their next game, is going to fix that. I don't think it's going to fix that because it's been all too obvious the past few weeks, or few games, I should say, over this 12-game period that Zeke's knee has gotten worse and worse and he has gotten less and less explosive. And we need to stop pretending like Tony Pollard isn't a more than serviceable backup. I mean, he's the one that got the big run broken off against the Saints. And while the running game really didn't do much besides that one big run by Tony Pollard, Tony Pollard included in that, obviously, I mean, that was his big run. That, that was the one that was where a lot of his production came from was when he broke that run off. But he is a guy that can come in here and fill this role. And that brings me to my next point. Ezekiel Elliott should go to the IR. And I get it. It's horrible timing. You don't want to do that with your starting running back, the guy that they are paying boatloads of money. I'm sure Jerry is very reluctant to do that. But like I said, 10 games is not going to get you healthy Ezekiel Elliott. 
And Tony Pollard is more than serviceable. And they have the passing options to overcome the loss of Ezekiel Elliott. It's just a matter of the blocking game. And I get that is a big part of this. The offensive line would struggle without Ezekiel Elliott because he is the ultimate security blanket on guys who are able to make it through. He's done a great job of blocking all season. But the risk just isn't worth the reward here in my mind. If Ezekiel Elliott worsens that knee, he could be out for the rest of the season, including a potential playoff berth. You you can't take this chance with a guy that's this important to this offense and having him at 100%, you can't put a price tag on. I I, I understand not wa- wanting to do everything you can to avoid an IR stint, but right now it seems like the only option. It truly does. Tony Pollard can get in there and do a good job as this team's running back if he gets that full load and has to take over for Ezekiel Elliott. It won't be the same. And it won't be as much of an automatic if you get within that five-yard line for the end zone. I get that. But you've got to get Ezekiel Elliott healthy for a potential playoff berth. And I think a lot of people expect this team to make the playoffs no matter what happens here because the NFC East is just not good outside of the Dallas Cowboys. It's just not. They have some big divisional games coming up here. But we can't pretend like the Giants aren't a team that they should beat without Ezekiel Elliott. The Washington football team is going to be a tough team if you are not to have Ezekiel Elliott. But hey. Sometimes you have to play these games and you have to focus on the reward over the risk. The reward of getting a healthy Ezekiel Elliott by the time you roll around to week 17 and into the playoffs, you cannot put a stamp on that. It is huge for this offense. Having him continue to play through this injury, potentially making it worse or just keeping it the same, not getting any better is going to result in you not having the best version of Ezekiel Elliott when it comes to the most important time in this season, and I just don't think it's worth it. This is coming from the biggest Ezekiel Elliott fan, a guy who has him on his fantasy team that is heading into the fantasy playoffs. But I want the best for this Dallas Cowboys team. I want the best version of one of the most important parts of their offense out there on the field when the playoffs roll around. I think they're taking a risk here because they want to keep this big money that they're paying him on the field. If he's good enough to go, have him go. I don't think that's the right choice. I think it's time to get this guy healthy. I think it's time to get the explosiveness, the guy who runs over people in the open field. Get him back because he is so important. That's my take. Get Ezekiel Elliott to the IR. Let him sit there. Let him rehab. Let him get himself to a much, much healthier point than he is at right now. Because right now, you're going to head into the playoffs with a guy that's just not what you're paying for. So that's where I'm at. If you're worried about the money, listen, I understand you'd be paying him to sit on the sidelines, but if he came in healthy and was the Zeke we all know and love, by the time you got to the playoffs, it would all be worth it, Jerry. It would all be worth it. That's where I'm at. Send Ezekiel Elliott to the IR because he is obviously not even close to 100% right now. And it's it's anybody watching that game on Thursday night could tell. Now, the defense for this team has been incredibly impressive, especially without some of their biggest offensive weapons. I mean, the Kansas City game is one of the, the best examples I have of this. When you think about the fact that that could have been a blowout. I mean, the Cowboys rolling in there without their top two options. CD obviously went down at the half, wasn't able to play the second half. The Cowboys were playing with house money, man. They, they did not have their team. They didn't have a Tank Lawrence. They didn't have Randy Gregory. They didn't have their top two wide receivers. 
They were struggling. They didn't have their left tackle, Tyron Smith, in that game. But they only let up three second-half points to the high-powered Kansas City Chiefs offense, and that's attributed to the defense. And the defense played well against the Saints as well. They got multiple crucial stops where it could have put their team in a tough spot if they were to let up some points. And even in that Oakland game, or the Las Vegas game, sorry, dating myself, I guess, uh, right there. But at the end of the day, the Vegas game, as much as they let up 36 points in, in overtime, I mean, they had a few stops that were that allowed them to stay in the game. And it, it's been it's been fun to watch this defense continue to look pretty darn good and, and be at least somewhat reliable. I mean, obviously the Raiders game was kind of the outlier to what I'm talking about. But again, they did get some crucial stops in that game as well. And they've shown the ability to do that which is a mark on a good team. You've got to be able to rely on your defense at certain points in the game, and I think the Dallas Cowboys can. Now they got 10 days off, like I said a little bit earlier. They're going to face the Washington football team next, a big divisional game. They've got them twice in in a three-week period, I do believe. They go to New York in between that. But this team can do some damage. I mean, they can really make a run in the NFC playoffs, but one of the main parts of that is going to be a healthy Ezekiel Elliott. And I think the only way to do that is to send him to the IR and rely on Tony Pollard to at least fill the role somewhat for a three-week period. Now let's move on to who I was actually just talking about a little bit, the Kansas City Chiefs. I just, they're not quite back. And by back, I mean back to being the dominant force they are, back to being the Kansas City Chiefs that we all know and we've all come accustomed to, the team that almost at times seems unbeatable with the way their offense can flow. I mean, despite what their defense has been the past few years, the offense is where is 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 where it all starts, is where it all is. I mean, that's the main part of this team. I don't think I'm telling anybody something they don't already know. But they're also finding ways to win. And the fact that they they aren't right and they they don't look like the Chiefs and they've still been able to kind of stack some wins here and continue to keep this train moving, that's big. Because they could have spiraled out of control and, and and really found themselves, you know, six and six or something like that, and looking around like, what do we do now? But they've gotten themselves to a decent spot here. They just had a bye. They're coming off a bye. And winning ugly is better than losing ugly. Let's be honest. So, there's still a lot of time for this team to get rolling at the perfect time. It seemed like maybe that game, I believe it was a Sunday night. It might have been a Monday night. Either way, it was against the Raiders. That seemed like, oh man, Chiefs are back. They look like the Chiefs again. We saw the players saying, all right, I think I got my swagger back. You know, the meme and all that. And, and, and I get that. And It seemed like that. But then they came out the next night, or the next week, I should say, against a shorthanded Dallas Cowboys team that I just talked about and really weren't that impressive. They weren't impressive against Green Bay with Jordan Love. They weren't impressive against the Washington football team. It's getting to a point where they're running out of time, but they've got a decent amount, what, four or five weeks here to get this rolling. So that to me shows maybe they can get hot at the perfect time. I mean, Mahomes is not quite himself right now. He doesn't look like himself. He's turning the ball over a little bit more. I mean, he's obviously been able to take care of it a little bit over the a little bit uh, better over the last few weeks. But for this season, he just hasn't been able to get his rhythm going. He hasn't been able to be that guy that at times just seems flat out unstoppable. The guy that 
throws it down Tyreek down there somewhere. You know, that meme as well, that, that thing that went viral on Twitter, that's actually kind of funny because it's true. It, it does look like he's just throwing it downfield because Tyreek's down there somewhere. But, I mean, you look at this buy, maybe this can get them healthier. But like I said, they have a chance to get hot at the right time here. We saw this with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. I mean, I don't think anybody looked at what the, the Buccaneers at that that point where they lost to the Bears. Everybody kind of looked around and said, wait a second, is this a Super Bowl team? Is this a team that can make that run? And maybe that's where the Kansas City Chiefs are at right now. They're just not right, but they're on the cusp. And if they can get back to what they did against the Raiders on that night I just talked about, then they will be back. They will be back to being that dominant force, that team that at any point can make that momentum swinging play and boom, they're in control of the game. But my thing with the Chiefs right now, and maybe this is crazy, I don't know, but I think they've got to get back to, or not get back to, but kind of focus in on getting the run game going. And while this is such a high-powered passing offense that everybody knows as the team that gets, you know, has Travis Kelsey going for 100 and Tyreek Hill has, you know, 150 and Patrick Mahomes throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns. We also have to acknowledge that they've been at their best over the past few years when their running back also holds his own as well. I mean, what was it? Darren Williams or the Williams before the one they have now. I mean, he went out there and held his own every game. When they needed the run game to get going, they handed it off to him, and he did his job, and it kept the chains moving, and it allowed them to kind of mix that in while they were able to really beat teams with the pass because that's what they know and love. And then last year, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was vital for this team, moving the chains, not allowing defenses to completely sell out against the pass, and then, boom, the Chiefs would, would, would take advantage of that, take advantage of teams not necessarily going all in versus the pass. I mean, you look at what their past three games were, 77 yards total rushing against the Green Bay Packers. And even against Vegas, they had 96 total yards. That's not terrible. Obviously, that's it's a pretty decent running day. But you think about the amount of points they put up and the way in which their offense moved, that's still not necessarily that much of the run game being incorporated. It was a lot of pass there. And you know what? We'll use that as the outlier, and I'm not really going to zone in on that game much because, let's be honest, it doesn't prove my point. But the third time around against Dallas in that game, if you take out Tyreek Hill's 33-yard run, because I'm not necessarily counting that as the run game. That's really kind of just the trickery and the talent of Tyreek Hill. Only 78 total yards of rushing versus the Dallas Cowboys. Again, if you take out that 33-yard rush by Tyreek Hill. So they're not hammering the run. I mean, and that's not even really what I mean. I don't necessarily mean hammering the run, but I do think they need to incorporate it a little bit more here rather than just trying to have Patrick Mahomes take this home. It's been a lot of turnovers because of because of kind of that approach. And I get it. They don't necessarily have the same rush, the rushing game here. They were dealing with a lot of injuries back there with, with, with the rush game. The offensive line hasn't necessarily been what they expected it to be, but they've got to be able to get that going. That's what's... That's what could unlock the old Chiefs. Just a simple few times moving the chains with the, with that run and then hitting the teams with the Patrick Mahomes talent, the Tyreek Hill talent, the, the Travis Kelsey talent. So maybe that's where 
they could kind of get this ship in the right direction. I could be wrong, but that's just my my two cents on it. And I just think that they're a team I wouldn't be shocked if they come out in the playoffs and look like the old Chiefs and make another run to the Super Bowl. But nothing they've done this season suggests that they will be doing that. So hopefully, you know, maybe I'm right and, and they try and get back to the run just a smidge more, just a little bit more, incorporate that. But that's not really where their head's been at. It's been a lot of, all right, just let Mahomes go again. We'll see if he's got it tonight. And that just hasn't worked out. So moving back to the NFC, let's go to the LA Rams. I already touched on them a little bit, but are they frauds? Is this team not as good as we all thought? I mean, they get OBJ. They get Von Miller. You add Von Miller to a defense that already has Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey. You add OBJ to an offense that already has Cooper Cup. Daryl Henderson's been good for them out of the backfield. Obviously, the loss of Robert Woods is a big one, but Van Jefferson is a guy who can step into that number three wide receiver role and, and excel. Is this team just not as good as we thought? I don't know. Because... You look at where Matt Stafford is at, and we're starting to get into really important weeks here. And he has not been good. The past few games, he's got five interceptions in three games. After the hot start he came out to, it looked like McVay was a genius, that he went out and he got his guy. He traded the young protege, or I don't know what you want to call Jared Goff, but he was their guy. I mean, they drafted him very high, and he trades him to Detroit to go get Matt Stafford a little bit of a step up, wants a better quarterback. I don't think anybody's going to tell you that they think Goff is better than Stafford because that would just be a little crazy in my opinion. But this has not been the Matt Stafford they signed up for. And his turnovers are resulting in points as well. I mean, a lot of pick sixes here. It's not like he's just turning the ball over. He's turning the ball over and it's going for six. So that's a big issue as well with this team and that's tough to overcome. But as much as the passing game is still good, the turnovers are killing this team. That's what's killing this offense. It, it truly is. I mean, like I said, when when the turnovers that you're making or, or committing, whatever you want to call it, are turning into points on the other end, that's when you've got a real issue here. And that's just a bad decision-making by Matt Stafford, bad accuracy by Matt Stafford. And he's really where you need to look right now. They have built this team around Matt Stafford. This is by far the best roster he has ever had in his life. And right now he's not holding up his end of the bargain. And as much as this defense was supposed to be this big high powered thing, I don't really think they're holding up their end of the bargain as well because they have not been as dominant as you would think. Jalen Ramsey, his usage is questionable. My guy, Jamal Harris Jr., hopefully he's listening to this because I think the, the NFL is right up his alley. I mean, well, I'll have him on because he does a real good job. always has good insight. But they're not using Ramsey as a man-to-man -man guy, which would be his strong suit. You don't see kind of the effects of Aaron Donald and Von Miller in that front seven just quite yet. Maybe they just need a little bit of time together. I believe Von Miller did have a sack the other night or, or something along those lines. But at the end of the day, that defense has not been as good as what their expectations are either. And this team sold out for the right now. They sold out for this particular season, the next, and maybe the one after that. But they have a short window here that they sold out for. They are all in, and they cannot afford to fall apart. They cannot. 
Now they've got Jacksonville coming up, so that is it's got to be a get right game. It's got to be one where the offense flows well. The defense is able to hold a, a struggling Jacksonville offense and and just everything goes right. The Rams need to look very very good against the Jaguars or else then you've really got to start wondering if they're just overrated and they're they're just not as good as a team as they are. It's a team of big names that just didn't come together. That, that that's not coming together. That that that's not working. And yes, they have four four weeks here to figure this out, but even if they head into the playoffs looking what they look like now, or I, I shouldn't say that. Even if they head into the playoffs looking a little bit better, I don't think anyone views them as the favorite. They've got to look a lot better than what they look like right now. They have to turn this thing around. They've got to look like a different team than what they've looked like over the past few weeks, or else we got to call it what it is and just say this isn't as good as a team as we all thought. Now, it was good to get to, to see OBJ get acclimated, get him involved, get him a touchdown, a big play touchdown to boot. That was good. I think that's important. They have to allow OBJ to be a big part of this offense because as much as you know he hasn't had the, the production we've all wanted over the last few years in Cleveland and even at the end of his time in New York, he is still a very talented player and he slides right into a perfect role for himself on a high-powered passing offense with a good quarterback. I think this move ended up making a lot of sense for OBJ, sadly because of the injury to Robert Woods, but it couldn't have worked out more perfect for Odell Beckham Jr., and I think getting him involved here is only going to, to, to be good for this team. Obviously, Cooper Cup should stay as the number one option. He is Matt Stafford's guy. He's been the guy he looks to every time he wants to get something going, but I think the the integration of Odell Beckham Jr. into this offense, if they can use him a decent amount, it'll only do good things for this team. But overall, the, it's getting to the point where you got to start showing it. You got to start turning this around. And it starts with Jacksonville because that's got to be the get right game for this team. Now to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Tom Brady right now is my MVP. He is my most valuable player in the NFL at this very moment. I mean, he's second in passing yards to Derek Carr. He's first in touchdowns. He's got a 67% completion percentage. He's he's been able to to overcome the injuries to this Buccaneers team throughout this season. They've had they had some injuries on the defensive side of the ball that they were able to overcome just with a high-powered offense. Gronk's been down for most of the year, which we all know is Brady's guy when it's the most important when he needs a guy and needs to rely on somebody to be in the spot they're supposed to be in. He goes to Rob Gronkowski. He hasn't had that safety blanket. Uh, Antonio Brown has not been in this offense. As much as they've still had Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, they haven't been fully healthy, and Brady is still making it look like they are. And as much as they went through a rough patch, and they 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 had they lost a game to that Washington team where Taylor Heineke was just able to put together a fantastic drive, keep the ball away from the Buccaneers, it's becoming apparent that Tom Brady is just continuing to 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 show he is this most valuable player in this league, at least as of right now. In my mind, as of right now, that's how I feel. And I think the Buccaneers are doing exactly what they did last year. They went through kind of a, a, a mid-season crisis in a sense where it, nothing, it just didn't look right. What's going on here with the Buccaneers? And they're about to get hot at the perfect time. They've won back-to-back -back games 
after going through a rough patch. They've got the Falcons next week, which absolutely should be a win. They are a dumpster fire in Atlanta right now. they got a tough game against the Bills that is going to be real tough for them because the Bills are going to need that game. They're going to bring their best selves, at least you would like to think, because that's going to be a big game for Buffalo. And then after that, they have the Saints. So they got a tough game within the all, within the next three, but they should at the very least win two out of those three, potentially all three of them. And like I said, get hot at the right time. Start playing their best football at the perfect time. Now, what's big for them is Gronk is back and he's looked great. At least last game, he looked really good for them. He's getting back into the flow of things. Brady is using him a ton. There was even a play where kind of vintage Rob Gronkowski where he caught the ball. It took three different guys to get him down. That's who he is. He's a dominating physical presence. And like I said, he's a guy that Tom Brady can rely on. He's going to be in the right spot when when Brady needs him most. We saw that in their Super Bowls with the Patriots. We've seen it in the Super Bowl last year with the Buccaneers. Gronk got two touchdowns in that game. He is a big part of what Tom Brady tries to do when he's at his best. And and Gronk's involved in this offense heavily when they're at their best. And I think him coming back, being healthy now, they they gave him an extended period off. I mean, he even tried to come back tweaked it a little bit more, and they gave him more weeks after that. Bruce Arians is more than willing to allow him to get the necessary rest, the necessary recovery that he needs so that he can get the best version of him back out there when he gets back on the field. I think that's something that you know you saw in New England. He would tough it out, and he would play. If he, if he could play, he would play. And eventually, you could see his body really struggling at the end of seasons. As much as he would make it happen in the Super Bowls, He was definitely playing through injuries. He's even said where there were days where he woke up the next day and felt like he couldn't even move because that's just the amount of of destruction and and, and pain and, and, you know, whatever you want to call it that he takes throughout games. So I think that's important. They've got a healthy Rob Gronkowski right now, and you can't put a price tag on that in the aspect of that's Brady's favorite guy to go to when the game is on the line. Now, they got a situation for sure with Antonio Brown. There was, you know, all that talk about, hey, the Buccaneers are 100% vaccinated. Everybody's vaccinated on the Buccaneers. Look at Tom Brady. You know, he's got everybody getting their shot. They're not going to have this in their way. They're going to go through the full season with everybody vaccinated. Well, you know what? Antonio Brown has now been suspended for three more games. He's been out for a while because of injury, but because he has presented a fake vaccination card. And, you know, the funny part about the story there's not really a lot that's funny about it, but I, I do think this part it has a little bit of humor in it, is the person who threw him under the bus was his personal chef that he didn't pay. I guess he owed about 10 grand to this personal chef or whatever that that he had, and he didn't pay. So the personal chef said, okay, I'll go to the NFL and tell them that you presented a fake vaccination card, and now you have to hold a, over, a, I think he's going to lose over $500,000. And, and it's one of those things where, hey, Pay, pay those people because they can then turn around and throw you right under the bus. And that's exactly what, what this, this chef did. That's, to me, just kind of some karma. But at the end of the day, without Antonio Brown for the next three weeks, I don't really think it makes a, a huge difference for this offense, but I do think it's a distraction. I do think it's an interesting dynamic between he and Tom Brady now because they have such a great relationship and Brady – did come to a point where he trusted him again. At least I feel as though that's what it seems like. 
after the whole Patriot situation, and now this comes up. And I don't know Brady's opinion on it. I'm not sure if this upsets him or or he lost his trust or, or what the situation is. But you've got to wonder if this is going to affect that relationship there because that's really the most important person involved here is Tom Brady. How does he feel about this? Does he feel like he lost some trust in AB? Does he feel like he betrayed him? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's not that serious and they could care less in the Bucks locker room and he'll be back in three weeks. No problem. But you got to wonder, is this kind of affecting the locker room in a way? I don't think so, but I think there's a possibility. I, I think it's something to wonder about. But like I'm saying, I think the Buccaneers are right now getting hot at the right time and potentially doing exactly what they did last year. Just zoning in when it's the most important part of the season, playing their best football, heading into the playoffs, playing their best football, and boom, making a run. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are winning the NFC. I'll say that right now. I think Tom Brady is going back to the Super Bowl. But we're just going to have to see. Now to finish off today's episode, let's talk about Monday night because there is a big, big game and it's between AFC division rivals and it's going to have a big impact on the AFC as a whole because the Patriots are heading to Buffalo on a Monday night primetime game to play the Bills. And they now have two games against the Bills in their next three games. There is a bye that is thrown in there uh, before the Colts game for the Patriots. But they will play two games of their next three against the Buffalo Bills. So, obviously, this story will not be done after this game. But this game is huge nonetheless. Because it's going to show, in my opinion, if the Pats are truly as good as they seem. Are they really this team that is is snap of a finger back once Bill Belichick got his rookie quarterback? Are they really this team that can compete in the AFC playoffs? Are they really this team that has a chance of going to the Super Bowl like the national media continues to talk about? We've heard it from Ryan Clark. We've heard it from different areas. We've heard it from some of the Boston media that this team has the potential to be in, it has the feel of an 0-1 Patriots team when Brady came in and they made that run based off the defense. You know, I've heard it all. But Monday night's going to be very telling because this is the first really tough opponent that they're going to have over this five, six game winning streak, whatever they're on. I believe it might be up to six now. But they really haven't played any big opponent outside of that Chargers win. You think about where they're at. I mean, the Browns are a mess when they beat them. You think about... The Falcons, that, that's a terrible football team. You think about the Titans who came in last week without anybody. They didn't have Derrick Henry. They didn't have McNichols. They didn't have their top three wide receivers. They were a mess. So right now, this game is very, very telling to where the Patriots are actually at right now. Are they just taking advantage of the fact that they have a bad schedule? And I'm not trying to discredit them in any way because they went out and they kicked those teams' butts. It's not like they snuck by these bad teams. They kicked their butts. So I have a lot of respect for what the Patriots are doing, and I think they are AFC contenders. I truly do. I think they can make some noise in the playoffs. But now I wonder... Am I going to kind of regret that opinion or am I going to walk that opinion back after this next three-game stretch for the Patriots? You come up against the Bills, Colts, and the Bills. 
those are very telling games. Can you hang with the big guns? Are you a team that can hang with the top of the AFC? I don't know. We don't we don't know the answer to that question because they went through a rough patch and now they've rattled off a bunch of wins in a row. But now this is a very tough stretch for this team and it's going to be telling to just where they are at. Now, weather is going to play a factor in this game. There is no doubt about it. I've seen Jamal Harris, who I've talked about a little bit. He's a Bills fan. I've seen him on Twitter talking about how weather will affect this game. And I agree. And it's a big test for Mac Jones because I don't think he's necessarily had to endure the elements besides the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game early in this season when it was raining and and he did a good job there. He passed that test, but now you wonder it's a little bit colder. It's going to be tough in Buffalo. It's going to, this is a big game for Mac Jones too, to show, are you going to check this box too and keep it moving? Because he's checked every box he's come up to. He's efficient. He's a guy that gets it done when they need him to get it done. They've started to put more and more on his plate and he continues to eat. So this is another test kind of in his rookie manual. I I don't know how to phrase it, but it is the biggest test yet for Mac Jones. And Josh Allen and the Bills, let's make no mistake about it. They need this one too. They need this game. They have had some losses that they should not have, namely that Jacksonville loss that I think a lot of people scratched their head at, like what the heck happened there? And they haven't, I mean, they lost to the Colts last week. Yeah, yeah. Last week, and I think I'm right on that. Hey, no, they, they beat the Saints. Okay, so they beat the, the Saints on Thanksgiving. But for that, they did lose to the Colts. It was an ugly game. Not not something that you'd want to write home about. I'm sure Jamal Harris does not want to talk about that one. But at the end of the day, they need this game, one, for the AFC playoffs, for, for the, the seeding. It's an important head-to-head matchup that they have here. Number two, to show, hey, we can be a contender as well because they just lost to the Colts, like I said. So they're as much as a team right here that needs to prove themselves against the big guns as well. And number three, knock this whole Bill dominates the Bills narrative out of here because I'm getting sick of hearing that. Every time, oh, well, you know who really dominates the Buffalo Bills? Bill Belichick. Well, guess what? This is not Bill Belichick's normal team. This is not him with Tom Brady. And I get this is a good football team, but we got to stop acting like, oh, well, hey, Bill dominates the Bills. Well, yeah, he did that with Tom Brady. And I get last year, you know, he he, he came down to, to the end of the game with Cam Newton, but we got to knock that off. This is a whole new team. This is Mac Jones now. There's really not many guys that were that are left over from the Tom Brady Patriots but I would love to see the Bills win this game just to knock that narrative out of here once and for all. Because last year, they were able to take care of the Patriots. And this year, I, 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 I'm I, sorry. It, it drives me nuts. It does. But at the end of the day, I also think it's important for Josh Allen and the Bills to get this win and show we are still kind of at the top here of the AFC East. We are the team to beat here. Or else you're going to hear a lot of teams, I mean, a lot of people start saying, the Patriots are back. They're they're the the class of the AFC East again. You know, the Bills had that one year. I don't want to hear any of that. Me personally, I would like to see the Bills win this game because I think it would be them taking the next step. And I, I think it would also be them showing, yo, we're not gonna be an easy out here in the playoffs. We are we are very much in contention here as well. We are chasing a Super Bowl as well. I mean, you look at kind of this matchup of these two teams, the Bills have the better quarterback, the better wide receivers. I mean, the better offense in my, at least the flashier offense, the higher powered offense, but the Patriots have the better defense. 
they have the better kicker, and they have the better coach. So both teams have their advantages. I think that's why this game is so intriguing as well, because both teams have things they do better than the other. So that's going to be something to watch here. Can the Bills kind of find a way to navigate their way through such a tough Patriots defense? Can the Patriots find their way to stop such a high-powered offense that that has a quarterback that can do things with his legs? They're going to have to guard uh, Stephon Diggs. That's going to be a tough assignment for them. I mean, Dalton Knox has been good for them as well. So there's a lot of factors here in this game, but I think the main thing here is it shows for each team, how legit are you? How legit of a contender are you? And you know what? I'll probably be saying the same thing three weeks from now when they play again. But at this very moment, it's going to show. Are you for real? I'm excited for this one. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I think the next one I'm going to make will be after the Monday night game, maybe a Tuesday, Wednesday situation. I'll probably have Jamal Harris on if he wants to come on to talk about that game, talk over it, and kind of what the landscape looks like moving forward for the AFC. But thank you for listening to today's episode, and I'll see you next time. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in and spending some time with us. Make sure to stay posted for new episodes and content. This show was recorded at Rhythm Room Studios in North Smithfield, Rhode Island by Nick Cloutier. Cloutier Productions, LA.